Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. Amen. The book of 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. It is so good to be in the house today. It's good to be back and it is good to worship God. And it's great to have all our guests with us today. Now walk with me for a few moments in the word. I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us today and understand and to respond to the word of God. And the Lord said unto Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 1, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. Go back to verse two and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. That's what I want to talk with you about for a moment and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Father, I pray that you anoint us and thank you for your anointed word. I pray that you anoint me to be your mouthpiece and all this people, all of us to hear, to receive and to respond. So God, I pray that you would have the preeminence in this place and help us to recognize where you have brought us from and where you are taking us to and that you might be glorified through it and because of it. Thank you, God. Uh, that we are not left comfortless this day, but in fact, we have your spirit, the Holy Ghost in us. Amen. The Holy Ghost in us. And I thank you, God, that it is good and that it is right for us to be in this place. And so I pray, anoint every individual, every home, every family, every life. And I thank you, God, that you have called us out of darkness into marvelous light. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Let the church say amen. Now, I want you to turn around to four people, four people, count them, one, two, three, four. Be kind to them. Say something nice. I know, come on, you're going to have to walk up a little bit and say a little bit. Be kind to them. Say something complimentary. Say something very nice. Say something very good to them. Is it gone? Do better? You may be seated. God bless you. Let the church say amen. Amen. Israel wanted a king. They viewed the lands and the people that they now lived in and around, and they wanted a king, a king like them. So God, God gave to them their petition, Saul, a king that their heart was after. But Saul proved to fail as their king, so this time... It would not be a king that their heart was after, but rather a king whose heart was after God. And so God told Samuel to go to Bethlehem. 
to the house of Jesse and there anoint the one that would reign new as king in Israel. This, this prophet of God, feared and revered by all who, who knew, anointed Saul to be king, was now directed by God to go and anoint the next king of his people. But there must have been, now walk with me for a moment in the word. There must have been a hesitation on the part of Saul, a, a delay in the direction that, that needed to be taken. For the Lord said to Samuel, how long, Samuel? How long will you mourn for Saul seeing that I have rejected him? God had rejected Saul, but, but Samuel must have been somehow still holding on to Saul. God had rejected the one that he had anointed and wanted Samuel to go to the one that he was now anointing. Look at this. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long, how long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among, among his sons. Fill your, fill your horn with oil, Samuel, and go. It was the command. Let go, in other words, let go of Saul and take that anointing to where I intend for it to be and on whom I intend for it to be on. We struggle. We struggle with letting go of the things or the thing that has too often, someone hear this please, that has too often ruled our life. The, the thing that has held a place of authority, if you would, it, it ruled, it, it reigned, it oppressed, it, it brought shame to our heart, to our mind. It, it, was like a, it was like a rain cloud that just, just would not wash away. It, it tempts us. It entices us. It makes us feel like that we just, we just can't be free. We become so used to its grip on us that when it comes time for it to no longer hold sway in our life, we mourn over its absence. Uh, we have been so used to it being the thing that held us back or uh, occupied space in our, in our life, in our spiritual life, in our mind, uh, that, that, that we mourn over the loss of its company. We wrap it around us like a comfortable cloak that, that we have become accustomed to, acclimated to, and we just can't seem to get past whatever it is or whatever it might have been that just constantly is there over us and constantly there uh, uh, oppressing us. Uh, but God was wanting him to know and you and I to know that if we are going to take hold of a greater anointing in our life, then we're going to have to let go of what was and take hold of what is. Let go of Saul, Samuel, and get filled up with the oil and go forward. Samuel, now look at this, if you would please. Samuel was afraid that, that he would die, get killed. In other words, if Saul found out about what he was doing, look at this, if you would, in the word, please, 1612, or excuse me, 16.2. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he, he's going to kill me. He will kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. It is the enemy's motive to make you feel like that you cannot live without the thing that has overshadowed right. your life. Right. That, that you just don't know, that you just don't know how you're going to do it. Uh, to stop the habit, to live the life, to, to, be, to be different, to walk away from the way that it always has been. The enemy tries to tell you that, that what you did, that, that, 
the way you live, the, the way that you are, will never allow you to be used of God. It will kill you. Look at this, if you would, please. Uh, present or past problems or sins do not destroy future anointing. Come on, somebody, you need to put that on repeat in, in, in your life right now. If that were not true, if that were not true, then none of us would be here today. None of us would have any hope. Present or past problems or sins do not destroy future anointing. Whatever it was in your past. Come on, whatever you've done along the way and whatever the enemy has convinced you that you cannot, it has become your identity and you can't get free from it in your mind. You think that because we live in an age of, hear me young people, uh, you think that because you live in an age of technology that you're no, never going to ex uh, escape the pornography that's been presented to you on a continual basis or, or that you're never going to escape the, the lifestyle that is constantly in front of us and around us. Can I tell you, God is great than any phone in your hand. He is greater than any computer on your desk. He is greater than any culture in this world right now. Our God reigns supreme. Come on, somebody ought to magnify the Lord right now. If that were not true, Amen. If that were not true, there would be no church. There would be no future. There would be no relief. There would be no uh, relief from the oppression, no saving from sin. But thank God. Look at this, if you would, please. But God. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. That old Saul, hear me, that old Saul may try to kill you. But God. <laughs> that, that sin that held you bound may say that you're going to have to die with it, <laughs> but God. Uh, it, it may not have worked out the way that you planned, but God. You may have been disappointed along the way, but God. Your marriage may have ended in divorce, but God. Your relationship, it may have fell through, but God. Your business venture, it may have been a disaster, but God. You might feel like that you're, you're being tormented and torn apart by the sin that was once in your life, but God. Come on, somebody. Stop living with that shadow over your life, incarcerated and bound by the enemy that tells you it has to be. No, 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 but God, who is rich in mercy. <laughs> are you understanding this? We have to decide in our mind that we are going to walk right past what has been ruling over us and go worship. Worship looks forward. Someone please stop looking back. Worship looks forward. It sees what's in front, the greater thing that is in front of us, the greater God, the greater good of our life. Worship looks forward. Stop looking back. The promise of David, hear me. The promise of David uh, did not mean the absence of a Saul. Yeah. And, and we get frustrated with this sometimes because we fail to look deep enough in the spirit and we fail to see far enough in the things that God wants us to understand. Uh, the promise of David did not mean the absence of a Saul. That Saul was still present even though David was anointed to be king. There was, for a time frame, for a great long time frame, there was still the presence of a Saul even though there was an anointed David. That past problem still may be present. It still may be around you. Everybody with me right now? 
You understand what I'm talking about here? That's why I'm speaking to these young people and every one of us in this place because it's not just about the young people that, that our, our, our culture affects. It's about everyone in this place. It, it will constantly be present around us. That past problem, it still may be there, but it does not prevent what God is doing and going to do in you and for you. Just because it is present does not mean there is uh, the absence of a future anointing in your life, a future deliverance in your life. The difference was found in the object of worship. If you constantly look at the Saul that's reigning over you, you will never see the David that's in front of you. If I'm constantly occupied with how bad it's been or how bad it is or what went wrong or, or this, that, or the other in my life, I will never see the promise of God in front of me. Come on, someone, you've got to lay aside the weights and the sin that does so easily beset you. We often talk about the sins, and we have been good about talking about that in the church at times, sometimes not so good. But we have definitely not been good of talking about the weights that we occupy, that occupy in our life and that we carry around that drag us down from accepting the anointing that God has for us. You just got to put some things down. Come on, I know they may have said something to you along the way that was not good or comfortable. I know, I know it may not have worked out the way that you wanted it to work out. It, the prayer didn't get answered the way that you were praying it for it to be answered. Come on, you've got to drop that weight that is bogging you down and accept the things. If you are constantly holding to those things, you can never hold on to the greater things in God. Somebody clap their hands right now. Come on, somebody clap their hands. The Lord told Samuel, he said this, and say, he told Samuel, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. One hand filled with the anointing oil, the other on the sacrifice of the heifer. If you would, please look at this. Our purposed worship should never come empty handed. When you walk in those doors, when we come into this place, at our homes, at our jobs, wherever it might be, when we come before him, we should never come empty-handed. Uh, come on, this is not, I'm not preaching about this today, but just stick with me for a second here. This is not just about, let's get in here and see if, uh, uh, let's, just throw, let's, let's just throw it on the altar and let's see what happens. Let's see if the, the fire burns. Let's, let's see if it, no, no. Uh, you look in the word, every time that there was a sacrifice, the word said that they laid the wood in order. There was, there was an order. There was, a, there was something about it. Come on, you want peace in your home? You want God to move in your life? You want God to answer? Put some things in order in your life. Anybody on my left understanding this right now? There are certain things that just have to be, we don't walk into this church on a Sunday. Come on, this all doesn't just happen by chance. It just, come on. It, it didn't just all of a sudden come together. Um, there, there's things going on behind the scenes. Here. Why? Because as far as pastor goes, I want you to know that every time I come in this place, I want it to be the very best that it possibly can be. Not because I want you just to be happy about it, me to be happy about it, but I want God to be pleased with it. And so let there be some order about it. You want God to move in your life? Then get some order in your life. Uh, you want God to bless your life? Then, then put some things in order so that the fire and the anointing can be in your life. We don't just come in here and chop it up and, and see if it's gonna work out and see if, it's gonna, if my life's gonna be blessed or not. No, you want God to bless you? You want God to use you? Then put order in your life. That's why we don't come with our hands empty. We come with something ready to offer to God that costs us something so that he might be glorified. <laughs> our purpose worship should never come empty handed. 
we, ha we have to look at the sinful self that we sometimes are in the eye and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Hear me right now, everyone in this church. Every now and then you've got to wake up and look in the spiritual mirror of your heart and look and say to yourself, your sinful self, because there's not a one of us in this place, man in the pulpit and everybody in the pew, not a one of us in this place is perfect. We have faltered, we have fell along the way and we need the grace and the mercy of God to restore yes, us. And every now and then I need to look in the mirror and recognize that I am come to worship. I need God to save me. Come on, you can't do it on your own. Hear me, somebody that you've been trying to work it out on your own, you can't do it on your own. You need God to save you. You need Jesus in your life. He is, in fact, the answer. Amen. We have to walk past the thing that still tempts us and torments us and say, I am come to worship the Lord. That thing that has ruled and demanded of you and kept you bound, you have to say, say it out loud, come on. You have to say it out loud. That's what he said to Samuel. Do you understand this? That's what he said to Samuel. Samuel, say. Yeah. Don't, don't just think it in your mind. Just don't, don't pray a silent prayer. Mm. There's nothing wrong with silent prayer, but there's something right about vocalizing what you believe and in whom you believe. Say. Samuel, say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. When you walk in the doors of the church on a Sunday morning, say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. When you walk up to this altar here in a few moments, say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Amen, there's something about when you verbalize what you believe. I know maybe you kneel by your bed at night and you pray silently not to wake somebody up, but it ought to be somewhere during the day, that whether it's in your car or at your work or wherever it might be. Say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Articulate in whom you have believed. Amen. 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 Speak it. Say it. I'm come to worship. Young people, when you walk in the doors, I'm here to worship. I'm not here to figure out the scores. I'm not here to figure out what's going on in the rest of the world right now. I'm not here to figure out all the problems and the dilemmas of life and all the things that have been haunting me. No, I am here to worship the Lord. You talk about that, that's going to be the result. But if we talk about God, am I hearing this? If we talk about God, if we make this a house of prayer, why? Why does this have to be a house of prayer? Because Jesus looked that day in the temple when he cast and cleaned everything out and he said, you've made it a den of, den of thieves, but my house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. When we walk in there, I know I said it here about a month ago, but let me just say it again. I'm not coming here to get caught up on this, that, and the other, and the NFL, and I, I'm not against all that. You know, I love all that kind of stuff. But the, but the fact is, I am here to worship God. This is about eternal things. This is about godly things. This is about my life being saved and changed. This is about our minds being healed, our homes being ministered to. There's godly work going on here. That's why, that's why the wise man said in Ecclesiastes, when you come to the house of God, be careful what you say. Uh -huh. Amen. Why? Because there are certain things that should be said here and should not be said here. That's right. Because we are in the presence of the most high God. There's spiritual things being done. There's a way that we approach God. We don't come empty handed. We approach with a sacrifice in heart and in mind. And we recognize and we say, I am come to sacrifice. I am come to worship. I am come to praise God. Stop thinking. Stop thinking that, uh, that that Saul that has reigned over your life is, is your death sentence. That it's going to be the thing that destroys you and who you are. That, hear me, that, that is a lie from the enemy. 
that has been told to every one of us in this house that you cannot make it back, that you cannot live for God, you can't live the life, you can't change, you can't let go of the habit. It'll never let go. We've all heard the same lies. Every one of us. He told us it'll never be different. He, he tells us that just because we fell or stumbled along the way, that's just who we are. And we take on that, that identity and we think that we can never get past the Saul's of our life to get to the anointing of the David in our life. Hear me, God will deliver you for what he has promised you and anointed you for. If God has placed the anointing there in front of you, then God has the strength. He who began a good work in you will perform yes. it. Yes. He, will, he will make it accomplished in your life. God asked Samuel, why? Now stick with me. Young people, young men, uh, middle-aged men, young ladies, older ladies, everybody, hear me. God asked Samuel, why are you still mourning for Saul seeing that I have rejected him? In other words, why are you still holding on to him, Samuel? I'm not. God was saying, Samuel, why in the world are you still holding on to that when I'm not holding on to that? God's asking you today, why are you still holding on to the past that he is not holding on to? Why are you still holding on to the thing? Why are you continually coming up here and repenting over the thing that you've already repented of? Because the very moment that you repented of it, that you have determined you're going to walk away from it, the very moment that you repented of it, the word said, their sins and their iniquities, will I remember no more? Every time that you bring back that sin of the past that where you faltered along the way and you bring it to the altar and you ask God to forgive you of it again, God in essence is looking at you and saying, what in the world are you talking about? Why are you holding on to something that I'm not holding on to? Because he said that he wills himself. God is more powerful than just to forget. He wills himself to not remember our sins and our iniquities. Come on, everybody in this place, from that back corner all the way up to this corner, from that corner to this corner, every one of us have skeletons in our closet that we want locked away for the rest of our lives. Can I tell you that there is a God in this house today that is not opening that door? Your sins and your iniquities, he has willed himself to not remember. So stop holding on to that which is he is not holding on to. Let go of that Samuel and take hold of that David. Let go of that anointing that you thought should be and hold on to that anointing that he wants to be. Come on now. Hmm, somebody hear me right now. Come on, I'm almost done. One more thing here. Put that up if you would, please. Uh, to take hold of the blessing that is before us, we must let go of the bitterness that is behind us. Uh, there are so many people, I, I will tell you, uh, Oh, I need everybody to stick with me right now. This is going to get a little bit sticky, but it's okay. Um, I, I will tell you that, that we have learned righteous living. We have learned holy living in the church. And we have ex exemplified it many times. And we have done good in regards to some things. But I will tell you uh, that, that I believe one of the greatest plagues within the present modern day church is that we have not learned to let go of bitterness. We have too often... Uh, wanted our sins forgiven, but we have not been willing to forgive others. Or we have uh, allowed spiritual space in our life to be occupied by wrongs that have been done to us or certain things that have been in our life in the past and we have held on to them. When I'm telling somebody right now, please hear me, if you're ever gonna take hold of the blessing that's in front of you, you gotta let, you got to let go of the bitterness that's behind you. Yeah. You gotta let go of that disappointment. I, I, I don't know what they said to you, you need to let it go. 
I don't know how bad it was. You need to let it go. I don't know what it was that took place. I don't know, but you need to let it go. Because if you're wanting something greater in God, if you're wanting a blessing that's in front of you, then you need to let go of the bitterness that's behind you. Because it cannot be that we just wrap ourselves up in cloaks of holiness and righteousness and have a presentation that has no power. Because we have often been pacified by those things, thinking that if I've got that, then everything else. No, no, no. Come on, you got to get the heart cleaned up as well as the life cleaned up. We, we can't hold on to things in the past and think that we're going to be free for things in the future. Because why can I tell you, we're going to talk about it more over the next few weeks. There's going to be people that come into this church and there's going to be people that come through the doors that they've got baggage in their life and they've got problems and they're not going to look like you and act like you and think like you and me. They're going to be different. But can I tell you that Jesus Christ died for every one of them and he loves every one of them as if there were only one of them. So come on, church. If we're going to go forward, then we got to let go of what's behind us. <laughs> we got to let go of the bitterness. God forgave you. God forgave you. Hear me, somebody. God forgave you of it. He forgives them of it. Let it go. Let go of the disappointment, the bitter taste that it left in its wake. Well, why are you holding on, on to it? God's not. Stop living oppressed in what was and take the oil and the sacrifice and worship. If I am constantly holding on to things in my life that God has not ordained to be, then I can never take hold of the things that God wants to be in my life. Because that worship, hear me, if, if I hold on to it, that worship will never get to the anointing. Come on, worship will get you to the anointing that you are looking for. It breaks, the word says that the anointing, it breaks every yoke. Yeah. <laughs> It breaks every yoke. It breaks it down. We're no longer captivated, incarcerated by it. It breaks every yoke. It will show you what to do when you arrive at where you are determined to be. Uh, hear me, young people. You, when you put God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We know that verse right. Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow thinks only about itself. Matthew 6, 34, 35, around in there. Uh, we, we, can I tell you, when, when you recognize that, when you recognize and put those priorities in place in your life right now, when you arrive at where you're supposed to be, the anointing of God will be there waiting on you for that moment. He becomes the portion that you need in that moment. You have the oil, musicians. You have the oil, the Holy Ghost. You have the sacrifice yourself. Now be saved. Be anointed. Get your hands filled with the things that God wants, that God wants in your life. And say, I am come to worship and sacrifice. Come on, there's been, a, been many a moment, brother buddy, in this house that I've come in here that my mind has been occupied. It has, the, the space of it has been taken up with so many things uh, that I have a, I've just had to walk to the altar and, and put everything behind me and say, I, I have come to sacrifice. That, that, I, that I close my mind to all the preoccupations and the things that would try to distract me and say, I am come to sacrifice. I'm come to worship God. I've, I've, got, I've got the oil in hand and heart and I've got, I've got, the, I've got the sacrifice. I, I, brought, I brought what I need to bring to you, God. And now, Lord, I need, I need your anointing. I need you to break all the yokes that have, that have come into my mind and come into my, come on, somebody, you don't have to leave this place today bound by your past. You don't have to leave this place fettered by all the things that the enemy has tried to cause you to fear. 
You don't have to walk out of this house today with turmoil and trouble in your home. God can heal you right now. Come on, somebody. Would you lift your hands and your heart in this place? And would you begin to say as you stand to your feet and make your way to this altar, come and say, I am come to this house to sacrifice. I'm going to put that Saul behind me. I'm going to walk to that David in front of me. I'm going to find that anointing. Come on, come and repent of your sins and, and be baptized in his name today and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, there's deliverance in this house right now. Somebody needs to be set free from the thing that has occupied space in your life for too long. Come on, you need to walk away from that Saul and you need to take hold of that David. Come on, you need the joy that it'll bring, the peace that it'll bring, the life that it'll bring. Come on right now, begin to call on the name of the Lord as they begin to sing and lift your hearts and lift your homes. Come on, lift your homes to God. I, we have come to sacrifice to the Lord. We have come to offer up who we are. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I'll not turn back, I'll not turn around. I'll look forward in worship. I'll look forward in what you've called me to.